Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and uh, with me to announce my retirement from all things cycling after the Commonwealth Games road race is my dear friend Sarah. You're not allowed to retire, Dan. No one else is allowed to retire. It's so unfair. Oh, come on. Without Emma Cooley to talk about, what are we going to do anyway? So... <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, for, for those of you who may not have already caught up with the news, um, uh, a pretty big story in, in women's cycling broke yesterday, courtesy of our very own, very beloved Sarah, um, as she announced... Um, Emma Pooley has has decided that she will be hanging up her pro cycling shoes following the road race at the Commonwealth Games this year, uh, which is sad. But um, Very sad. Mm. Very sad. you know what? My first draft of that Rouleur article was no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it? You, you had like a what, like a thousand words or something. So you just wrote no a thousand times, but like with a yeah. hundred thousand O's every time. It was like four hundred pages of no, and then yeah, and it again, was two thousand words. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know that's not the only thing that we have to talk about this week. I mean, holy shit, there's been a lot going on. Uh, for example, uh, we were all watching La Course on Sunday. Um, Holy moly, what a fucking amazing race that was. Um, and quite a spectacle too. So, you know, we've got that. Um, we've got, oh, what else is there? There's this... We've got the MX. We've got Commonwealth Games track and uh, and um, uh, mountain bike. We've got really funny. We've got Attack Biscuits. We've got um, Polemica. We've got Nicole Cook's books coming out. Nicole, <laughs> Nicole Cook's books. That sounds like a sounds like a really bad cooking show. <laughs> here's, here's one I prepared earlier, and she pulls opens the oven and pulls out a book that's just smoking at the edges. <laughs> We've got news of a really interesting fundraiser that I'd see it as a personal favour if you all donated, even just a quid. Um, if you can, of course, no pressure. Um, uh, we can't all be as rich as Dan in his beautiful. Are you kidding? I'm not rich. You, you, you have no idea. You have no idea how expensive it is to keep Sarah in shoes and chocolate. And that segues onto something really exciting. Sarah's got Sarah's got a pair of new shoes and she's eating chocolate right now. So moving on. Moving right along. No, we do we do have a big surprise announcement for you, but that's at the end of the show. So oh, damn it. He won't let me put it on the website. It's so unfair. <laughs> It'll be on the website along with all the other links and everything else, and we'll tell people about it when it's due time. But first, as we always do, the racing. Racing. Yeah, um, should we start with La Course? I think we should. Um, I mean, it's it's the the giant elephant in Paris, isn't it? So, yeah, you know. I, it's interesting because I was a bit jaded on Sunday because it's it's beautiful. I mean, it is amazing, but it's not as good as pe- what people were saying. You know, people were, oh my god, it's historic. Women racing on the Champs Elysees for the first time. Well, no, that's not true. There used to be a you know there used to be a sort of women's tour de france where the women would race on the champs elysees on the same day and as the men and you know have the same podium presentation and stuff and i'm gonna get my rant out of the way first because you know that's <laughs> okay. good um i you know i think the tv coverage was pretty shit to be honest like they said they'd show the race live it's only 90 kilometers so that's two hours brilliant but you have that thing where actually no we're only going to show we're only going to stream the last the broadcast is only going to turn on for the last hour yeah and then if you turned on your tv on eurosport or itv4 
they started their program when they broadcasted with 10 minutes of chat and stuff like that. And apparently France 3 started earlier and then did their chat with screen in screen, you know, of the, of the race. <gasps> oh, my God. Actual technology, which I've only talked about for forever and has only existed for like 30-something years. So, wow. I know. That's amazing. Well, it was actually, to be fair, I was uh, um, being a bit of an obnoxious prick on Twitter on Sunday. Uh, I know that'll shock a lot of people. Uh, uh, aiming some some rather pointed comments in the general direction of SBS, only because through bitter experience, I've learned that they tend to make terrible decisions, exactly along the lines of those that you've described, where you know race you know coverage is due to start at at ten two. So we'll start our broadcast at ten two, and then we'll talk for twenty minutes you know, on the studio about the men's time trial instead of showing you the fucking race. Um, so I, I was preempting it. Now, I don't want to claim credit for this because, you know, I'm pretty sure that they were going to do it anyway, but um, I will say that I feel absolutely no remorse and no guilt about being a bit of a snide prick on Twitter because um, their broadcast started at, at like half past and they talked for 20 minutes about the men's time trial. And God bless them, as soon as there were pictures of the women racing, they cut over to it. So, <laughs> Who did you have? Because the good thing, here's a good thing, was that I was watching ITV4, which had Emma Trott, who retired this year, talking about it with Gary Mlack in the start. You know, oh, doing right. The- yeah, no, we had, we'll see. And then, and then and then we had Rochelle Gilmore, who, of course, you know, top sprinter, top one of the top sprinters in the world a couple of years ago would have been, you know, guessing on the podium of races like this. So it's kind of like, it's really good. You had a young British girl a young British rider talking about it at the beginning and end and a rider who can win these races doing the commentary, you know, so that was good. That's uh, I, I, they, yeah. it wasn't all doom and gloom. Well, we weren't, we weren't anywhere near that lucky because, um, they, in the studio, they had three guys. Um, because what happens is they send their, their main cycling host goes to France for the tour. Um, you know, basically giant rot. Um, so the guy hosting the program in Sydney is their, their, literally their soccer host. <laughs> He's just, you know, spare broadcaster B, um, and then they had two, I'm air quoting, cycling journalists um, who were guys who literally do not give a shit about women's racing at all. I mean, they pretend, they pay lip service, but if you asked either of them to name uh, a woman cyclist, they'd both go, um, Vaucler? You know, like, it's fucking useless. And and a token woman who is um, not a racer and um, and hasn't raced and, and, you know, knows a little bit more about the sport but, you know, isn't really adding a lot of value. But mercifully for the race itself, they, they cut over to the British feed. So we had Rochelle and Amber Cross and doing the commentary. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't all terror. But it's, but it's all kind of weird, isn't it? Because I think Monique Hanley was watching with Judith Arndt and Anna Millwood, you know, absolutely amazing Australian superstar, and obviously Yuda is a goddess. Yeah. And then in Sydney, and then there's 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 Bridie O'Donnell in Melbourne, who's done TV work before, a very funny, very good commentary tweet. And in Sydney, there's Kate Bates. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's star- exactly there's there's no shortage of um, of people with, as you say, not just not just cycling experience, but TV experience as well, you know, to to call on. Um, who could have given comment and and participated, but you know, and, and this is uh, look, I I I feel really conflicted about this. I honestly do because on the one hand, like this is a really positive step, and I'm really genuinely quite happy about it. But at the same time, I I don't feel like I can ignore the things that I think are just bullshit. 
just because there's right. one good thing going on. Yes, and yes, and yes. it really does irritate me that broadcasters and, and so-called journalists pay lip service to women's cycling. You know, uh, literally some of these guys who were on the broadcast on Sunday night here have, have literally sat on air going, yeah, women's racing is great. It deserves more coverage. Fuck you, mate. You're one of the people responsible for creating this, that coverage. This- I keep seeing this. I mean, Monique had her blog a couple of weeks ago, which we should link to again, about, um, holy shit, places, magazines are having articles about the lack of women's cycling coverage, but they don't have articles about women's cycling. And, you know, our our friend Sivetta was talking about on the BBC Bespoke podcast a couple of weeks ago. It's an hour long. Mm. um, And they had 10 minutes, no, five or 10 minutes at the end talking about bemoaning the lack of women's cycling coverage and not talking about the Giro, which has just finished. Yeah, yeah. And and, and that's the thing. Like, it just frustrates me so much because it, 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 to me, it just... You know, it's it's exactly like Dave Brailsford saying, "Oh yeah, we're thinking about having a, a women's sky team, mate." That that's been mooted since what two thousand and fucking eight or no, something. You know like, like... No, you know it's worse because in two thousand and eight, Dave Brailsford ran a women's team, a part-time women's team, Halford's Bike Hearts, which was you know which was basically his trial run for Sky, and ended with Nicole Cook winning the Olympics and the road race. You're like, how can you possibly not anyway, anyway, but but, but this is the thing is like, I am, I'm, I have, I've got to admit, I have been thinking about having a holiday, having a break from cycling because I don't think I can, how much more can I do this? How many more times can I do this? You know, but, but, but it was amazing. So that's, that's a negative. Oh, my other negative was, they didn't even show the fucking podium yeah. on ITV, on ITV, which was being streamed. I mean, thank God for Jens because Jens, such a good bloke, found the, a stream of the French broadcast so we could see the podium yeah. on yeah. Twitter and yeah. told everyone on Twitter. Um, you know, because in the UK there was they had to show repeats of the of the tour of the Tour de France, and in and in the and in Eurosport they had to show this thing they've got with I don't know one of those old dudes um, Hamilton um, uh, on on you know on the Tour de France and it's like Jesus fuck this is the most boring fucking yeah, men's yeah. stage literally you could do this shit there's nothing. There's like, nothing no, that that, that's the thing. Like the first, the first two hours of that stage, and everyone knows because it's fucking tradition. The first two hours of that stage are just the guys rolling along, posing for different photos with champagne. That's it, like yeah. no one's even pretending to try to race. You know, it, it, it's it's completely not worth um, the effort. And and again, that's when you employ your picture in picture or fucking record the the podium at least and, and play it later or something but don't fucking ignore it it's so oh yeah it just it shits me to tears but yeah. all of that said the race itself was fucking fantastic yeah you know i mean my, my other my other gripe if i have a gripe about this is that is it is amazing i am so happy it happened the champs elysees is so historic what it meant for those women was just fantastic and to be you know they had all four riders all four people all four women who'd who'd got that race the people behind the, the torrentier petition to get that race you know uh, emma pooley who kicked it all off with a suggestion in the first place and Catherine Bettine, who did so much work you know riding yeah, for wiggle yeah. and you know and and you know Pooley's Pooley's retiring at the end of the week and mm. you know and then Mariana Voss who's who worked so hard on it and who keeps pushing you know everyone yeah, says yeah. 
how does she get enough time to sleep? Because she is literally running around like a headless chicken at the moment, doing tons of work behind the scenes all the time. And then Chrissy Wellington, triathlon superstar. Mm. So it's kind of like they were all there. And I love that. And, you know, for riders who've grown up watching the Tour de France, to be able to ride those cobbles is yeah, just amazing. Yeah. But 90 kilometer race, Jesus, 89 kilometers. It's not, it's not a great race. Yeah. I mean, they made no, it a great race. No, they, they, they did just... make it a great race. Um, but it, particularly it's not just 90 kilometers. It, it's, it's a 90 kilometer circuit race, I think is the thing, you know, like, you know, give it, give it uh, like, what was it? 13 laps in total. Um, so, you know, if it, if it had been even, I don't know, fucking eight, eight, even even make it eight laps or make it 120 and give us a ride in over one hill. Just something, just, or, just or, something. Or even the same race, but at 120 kilometers, because I mean, it was a tough race, right? And especially mm. the incline. I mean, you know, it's not. Exactly yeah, well, hit, I was very incline. interested reading um, Chloe Hosking's blog about how much of an impact that incline makes and, and also watching, uh, looking at some of the photos from, um, oh, Shit, name's completely escaping me now. Um, sorry, give me a clue. Um, um, American guy. Um, Jared Gruber. No, 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 no. Um, oh shit. Look, you fill in for a second. I'll go find it. Okay. Um. Oh, I well, well, Dan's away. I could give give away the secret. No, you can't. Don't you dare. The, that's for the that's for the end of the podcast. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just making clicky noises in the background. No, I, yeah. mean, I, I think, I mean, okay, so, I mean, so on the one hand, the course, it's 90 kilometers, and also it's so wide, so wide that you can get away. You can, you know, you can't really get away. But did that stop them trying? Oh, hell no. They were just attacking, like, the, the first hours on Twitter, and it was just that, it's just that comedy thing, but when you, when you see it, that, that continually fluid race where, there's where it's very hard to tell if something's an attack or is it stretching out the peloton is it a group you know what i mean it's just changing and it's so so fluid and you know my other criticism was i think i probably saw more aerial shots of paris i think they had must have had a problem with one of the bike cameras because you know there was a lot of stuff we didn't get to see you know like but but just what we did get to see was amazing yeah. and hilarious yeah. when i i predicted that vera kuaduda was attacked and i actually laughed out loud every time she went and yelled <laughs> yay there well, there were there were so many attacks oh that's the, there we go it's um it's the patrick for host um images right. at Podium cafe um and there's that one long shot up Elton. to up to the arc and um and it, it like you, you just see that yeah like four percent doesn't sound like much but yeah um it, it's that's a fucking climb yeah and it's heavy cobbles too it's, it's oh. heavy riding that's the yeah. Look, I'm sorry to jump around, but like the the bike cam video from Mariana Voss's bike, um, yeah. the thing that just like there were a whole bunch of things that leapt out from that video for me. But one of the first ones was just how fucking noisy the cobbles were. Yes. Like noisy. Like it. It sounded like it sounded like someone had started up a jackhammer nearby as the peloton went over them. It was insane. <laughs> Did you see the noises? Did you see the other um, film they made? The little the sounds of the sounds of Paris film that no. Niels Gugran made. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's, I, I put it on our I put it on our blog prowomencycling.com um, <laughs> the, the other day, and it's just it's just putting his camera on the floor and just recording the sounds of Paris. Oh, cool, cool. <sighs> God yeah. damn. So I mean, yeah, it, it was great racing. I think one of the the really interesting things was just that um, because. 
you know, there is a bit more of a, a deceptive incline there than, than you quite often realise, the cobbles and all that sort of thing. And also, I think everyone being so invested in making sure that it was a really tough, aggressive race, yeah, um, yeah, it yeah. made it really interesting because no nobody was able to get away. You know, there were a couple of times where a small group almost looked like they, they had a shot, but then there'd be one team who wasn't there, so they'd reel it back or... Yeah. Or, you know, or someone goes, no, holy fucking shit, Ellen Van Dyke is not allowed in anything with a gap ever. No. <laughs> just no. I mean, Ellen did so many good attacks. I just, I think the thing, the teams that I love, I mean, Rabobank, of course. How many times did Pauline Fran Prevost go out? Oh, like four. No, more than Million. that. She was, yes. <laughs> I mean, Pauline was just... Over and over and over, and Lizzie Armitstead just really that that last that last break that she had was just you know I thought that was going to go yeah. when it was Lizzie and Lizzie and Pauline, but then yeah, and, and yeah. both of them crashed in the final five kilometres. I know that was that was terrible. But, um, oh Lizzie, fuck, poor poor Pauline. Well, it's, it's interesting to me actually because again, like it's one of those ones that people have talked a lot about that, but I think they tend to forget that that's actually also incredibly common when the men race there. I mean, not every gear, but but particularly that last switchback coming think, into the sprint. People say that people say it was were people surprised that they were crushers. Oh no, not so much surprise, but but just um, you know talking about you know reasons why and and stuff like that, as if as if you know there had to be some special reason that there was a, a crash here this time in this race, and it's like <laughs> no, I see that I see that all the time. What do we see about sprints? This that's insane. I, I've literally missed that. I mean, what do we see about sprints? Like that's what happens in sprints, isn't it? Well, especially that one though, and that's my point is just with that that dog leg, the left and right. Um, you know, uh, it always it always catches some people out, particularly if they're not used to racing there. Um, you know, uh, as as someone astutely said on Twitter on the night, you know, um, the the inside turns into the outside and vice versa coming into that sprint. And you've got to remember that um, if you position to be on the inside, which is where you normally want to be into that first part of the dog leg, you'll be in the wrong spot when it's time to actually line up for the sprint. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then what a sprint! Did you see? Did you see the? There's someone puts on Twitter a picture of the specialized Lululemon, not specialized Lululemon, the um, the 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 Rabobank sprint train, and they just did it so beautifully. I mean, I always always love how Lucinda Brand leads out Voss. It's just stunning. Like oh, it's 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 <sighs> exceptional. It's it's an amazing amazing thing. But you know what, my favourite thing to do was, and I've already mentioned both of these, but was to actually go back and watch the the on bike video from Voss's bike and read Chloe's blog. Um, <gasps> Oh, because you know the, the sensation of everything going on and what's happening around, because particularly the the video from on Voss's bike is is just phenomenal. There's this one spot about forty seconds into it where she she cuts up the right hand inside between yeah. the, the the peloton and, and the barriers, and you know I, I was saying to someone um, online like even though I knew the result of the race even though I knew not only was Voss okay that she won I was still I literally physically hunched my shoulders and cringed as she went through there because it's like that it's fucking witchcraft is what that is hang on so, did you just did you just give away the results of the race no I did not because literally everyone no literally everyone in the world was watching this race Sarah 
<laughs> like literally I love, seven I, billion people were watching this race. All I of them. really want to see I really want to see the Voss the Voss camera like next to like screen and screen with the overhead shots. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was That's very cool. cool too. Well, you know, let's let's hope that ASO and the UCI put out um put out, you know, great highlights. I haven't seen any highlights videos. I mean, I can, that, I've been that a bit was busy. kind of that was kind of my point, though. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've I've been a bit busy with I've I've had like a thousand deadlines this week, and obviously the Emma Pooley interview um, had. Sorry, I'm not showing off about it. It's just that it, it took out more time than I thought it would do. Um, not least because what I hadn't realised is that once you've written something, you then have to go back to your editor and go, "Hey, someone's just pointed out that the Times have just lifted everything wholesale with no attribution." <laughs> hey! Someone's just pointed out that the Guardian have lifted everything wholesale without any, like literally just rearranged the paragraphs. Awesome. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Daily Mail have just taken a, a screenshot of your your site and put it up. <laughs> no, you know the Daily Mail actually did attribute and yeah. Anyway, really? So, wow. Okay, but they also hacked your phone, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so so the other thing about that video though was was how, oh my God, and I'd love to see Kirsten Veald's video because if you didn't see the race, it came down to a big sprint between Kirsten Veald and Voss. And I've got to say, I thought Veald, I, I predicted Veald up and down. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought Veald would win. No, because... same, same. I, I genuinely did. I mean, you know, she's uh, she's pretty much the ideal sprinter. You know, she's strong, powerful, and 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 on a course where you want more brute strength, raw power than than extreme handling skills, you know. Yeah. Um, Although she's a very good handler too. Oh yeah, no, I mean, no, I'm not I'm not saying she isn't, but but you you know what I mean. Like it, it's just the one when you look at it, you expect that, you know, she with the, the biggest, strongest, most powerful legs, I you know, she who wins Qatar every year, even when she's not there, um, <laughs> wins. So yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, but then it, it reminded me how little we've seen Voss and Veald go up against each other this year because I, I don't know. It's, it's it's just weird. They've like Veald yeah, was racing track because she needs the qualification points for the Olympics, mm. um, and so she wasn't at the Giro. And Voss doesn't, you know, Voss started late, so Voss missed the classic season. Yeah, but, but but this is the other part of it that's super weird to me is that like literally a week ago we were finishing the Giro when when Voss was riding the mountains. And yeah, okay, we always talk. She's not the best climber in the world, but she's also certainly not the worst climber in the world. And um, and she was mixing it up in the mountains. And so then to have her turn around a week later and be sprinting and and winning, holy shit! Yeah, but to be fair, she did win. Four sprint state, three sprint stages in the Giro. She won all but one of the sprint stages in the yeah, Giro. Yeah, yeah. She's, but she's, but she's, I, I guess I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. Wow, just no. you're just saying, wow. Yeah, basically. So, so they came. It came down to a. I mean, the other thing I found that was really fucking funny, and I'm so sorry, specialized Lululemon, was watching the end bit where Voss's train. She came off her own train early, and basically was latched onto specialized Lululemon train. Poor Lisa Brunella. Well, well, you know, if you if you are going to latch on to any other train in the world, you would want it to be specialised Lululemon. I don't know. You know. This, well, this, not this year, but yeah, yes. I mean, God, imagine in the Ina days. Oh, that was one of 
things that made me really happy was when I was talking to, sorry, I'm, I'm the Emma thing. She was saying that this was her Ina anecdote was that when she, um, Ina Teutenberg, when she, once they were racing something like the Giro or the Tour de Lode and it was horrible descents and Emma was freaked and they didn't have a GC contender. So Ina let her into the, um, Ina let her into the HTC sprint train. Uh, oh. train and basically just let, let, let her, took her down the mountain. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. That's very sweet. Because she, she knew that Emma was so scared, and it's yeah, like... Yeah, And then ripped and, her legs off in the sprint, so, you know, yeah. awesome. Well, that's, that's yes. But, yeah, so, amazing race. So, basically, yeah, poor Lisa Brunauer. I, I, I thought Lisa would hold on to the third, but wasn't... So, it was won by Voss. Amazing. With Kirsten Field second, and wasn't Leah Kirchman incredible? I know. That was, that was such an outstanding result. Oh. I so I didn't even know she's she's still under twenty three I think and you know really of, yes holy shit but she Leah Kirchman she's the Canadian in the same weekend she won the Canadian Road ITT and Crit Champs mm. and I just and I'd said halfway through the race that actually we should watch out for the American teams here the North American teams here because the short length and the very wide roads is what they're used to racing on. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not going to have the problems of technicality that, that, that is just, you know, it's not because they're bad riders. It's there's just that you grow up riding small, smaller bunches. Well, it's, it's the same reason we talk road. about, yeah, it's the same reason we talk about the, the low countries being used to wet, windy, cold, cobble, roadie yes. furniture things, you know. Um, you, you grow up used to certain conditions and certain styles, and and a lot of it, it's not even what about what you know consciously. It's about what you know subconsciously. You know, like yeah. your, your body's just like, I know this. This is familiar. You know, I get yeah. this style of racing. It's hard, fast, big, bunchy, and then we just hammer. Um, yeah, yeah. Leah, yeah. Leah was her ride was so strong, mm. and she was going completely full gas. I was so happy for her that she came third. Just. And you know, and she's 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 out at the commies um, this week, so she'll be riding. Honestly, the... uh, you've got to stop calling it that. We do actually have people who listen in in America, and it's going to you. You're actually commies. you're actually going to accidentally start World War Three if you keep going on with this. Everyone calls it the commies. It's always the commies. It's never been the commies until you started it last week. It's uh, always been. It's the Commonwealth Games. It is not a communist sporting utopia. I don't it's care not... how many times you call it the commies. I've watched Red Dawn multiple times. The commies are the bad guys. So I don't care. I don't care. It's commies. Oh, well, of course you don't because you are a commie. So, you know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, um... <laughs> exactly. Um, the, the other thing that I found really interesting about the race just before we move on, is um, again from that video, there was someone on uh, on Podium Cafe. Uh, there's a oh, there's a post oh, about that. Oh, it, it is about the about the speed and timing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've thought it's Lone Cycler. Um, yeah, it might not be the, the race was so fast. You know, ninety k's yeah. in two hours. At, you know, forty five k an hour pace. But then, yeah, and then the finishing sprint insane. Oh, it's a yeah, really. sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Lone Cycler. No, he said that Sorbos was doing 68 kilometers per hour on another thread. And I thought I'd use the, the, the on-bike camera to figure out this is true. 
From 136 in the video, you saw Kirsten Veeld pass the 300 meter mark in front of Voss. I used the stopwatch to time the intervals to the next marker down the finish and took an average of five runs. At the 250 meter marker, they were doing 50 kph. At 200, they were doing 52.9. At 100, they're up to 58. At the far finish, I measured the speed to be 68.52 kilometers per hour over the last 100, 100 meters, or for those not in metric lands, 42 miles an hour. Yeah. Voss, yeah. The last, Voss covered the last 25 metres at 74 kph, plus or minus about 3 kph. She was accelerating all the way from the 150 metre mark. 74 kph! Yeah, yeah, which is insane. But then again, you watch that video, and the other thing, uh, apart from hearing the sound of the cobbles that you hear, um, the two other things that, that really stand out for you from the audio are you can hear Voss's breathing just get absolutely ragged through that sprint. Like it just ramps up to the point that you can hear it. And then it's, it's just there. And then you can hear her, her yell, you know, with, with excitement when she wins. Um, but then I, I go back to Chloe's blog where she talks about seeing Voss after the race and saying, you know, I've, I've been around cycling for a while. I've seen her win a lot of stuff. I've never seen her look more excited and happy about winning something. You know, you could really tell how much this race means to the women when when you saw how much it meant to Voss. So. Just talking about it is making me happier than I was watching it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's it's so. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like for all the things that I rant about and all the things that I that I want improved, and and you, you realise actually I'm, I'm ranting about them because I love this. I do love this, you know, and and. Oh my god! And I mean, the Commonwealths were the same. There were so many moments where I had tears in my eyes, just, just beautiful moments. And you're like, yeah, actually, yeah, but, yeah. But we're not here to talk about netball, Sarah. So the netball's the most amazing thing ever. Oh my god! I wonder if there's someone now. Oh, <laughs> oh I never knew netball was a contact sport, Dan. Yeah, totally. And all the team, the England team. Why do you team, think it's so popular here? The, the England team looked like young goddesses, really beautiful. Look, if you're into if you're into tall, lithe women, and and I genuinely mean because because pro netball players are all six foot plus. So if you're a, if you're a particularly tall uh, person looking for a tall partner, netball's a good sport to to. But they just and amazing and 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 just and I mean I I was a little bit grumpy when the Aussie tactics in the final quarter turned to jump on her head and the poor centre was basically what? knocked down. What those grow years. back. It's all part of the rules. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, geez, at least at least at the Commonwealth Games, you get to play on a wooden floor. We play on concrete here, or pitch. <laughs> no, that's that's actually that's actually not even made up. Like you go, you go to you go you go watch a, a kids netball weekend game, and it'll be on in the outdoors, open air, all weather, um, on bitumen. So yes, that's what netball is. Yes. Anyway, yeah. not netball. Uh, back to cycling. Yeah, that, that was probably one of our weirdest diversions ever. So I never knew you, Dan, knew so much about netball, but we should have this conversation in the pub one day, um, ideally with netball in the background. So, yeah, so what should we talk about next? Other racing? Yeah, sure. Let's um, let's let's go with, with other racing. Um, so Commonwealth, Commonwealth Games. I mean, or, or did you want to talk BMX first? Um, Commie Games. Which which games? The communist games in Russia. Oh my God! Words. <laughs> and 
Commie Games. The Commie Games are, if you don't know, um, they're obviously Daniel and I live in Commonwealth countries. It's basically countries that were colonised by England, uh, by Britain, and still want to be and, our friends. And then overthrew them, yes. No, yes, um, yes, or not, as the case may be. Sorry, Scotland. Um, although, you know, who knows what they'll vote. Um, yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of like a mini Olympics for, for countries that are formerly of the British Empire. Um, yeah, and, and it's a really good and it's a really interesting thing because so different sports have different types of uh, caliber. So things like the netball, for example, it's they have their world championships every four years, don't they, in netball? And um, and so netball, the top countries are Aussie and New Zealand, aren't they? And Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and um, and England would be the so, top countries. You know, so so for netball, for example. It's it's like the Olympics, and on the track it was on the track endurance on the track endurance it was like the Olympics. I mean, we said this before. For some ungodly reason, they don't allow team pursuits, and um, in women's team, women can't race the team pursuit, the Kieran and the team sprint. But you know, if they had the team pursuit, the top four countries in the world are you know New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Britain. So yeah, and and it gets very interesting because because. The British countries don't play don't play as, as Great Britain. They play as the constituent parts that England. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've got Scotland, and Wales. Yep. And yeah, so, but my favourite moments. I mean, Anna Mears winning the gold five hundred meters. Obviously, Anna Mears. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just just Anna being awesome, and also because you know it's it's particularly special this year. I think because uh, third year, uh, third Commonwealth Games in a row. Um, and also, um, she was the flag bearer for the Australian team at the opening ceremony this time. So, oh, and you know who else was a fat flag bearer? Was Fateha Mustapa, the Malaysian sprinter? Oh yeah, she, yeah. She's the first Malaysian women cyclist, cyclist to, uh, to 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 compete in the com- in the Commonwealth, and she carried the flag. I mean. And that's what, I mean, that is one of the, so some people criticise it because, for example, amongst the sprints, there weren't the Germans, the French, you know, the, the, the which are big, you know, big sprinting nations. But on the other hand, that does get riders like Mustapa, who's a really solid top 10 finisher. It well, gives her the chance also, to shine. Also, to be fair, if the Germans and French want to compete at the Commonwealth Games, they know what they need to do. They just cede their territorial control to the UK. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it matters that much to them, they can join. There's just a, a, a an application process they've got to go through. But the weirdest thing, you know what was very exciting, was in the sprints, and I just assumed Anna Mears would crush, crush, stompity, 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 crush, crush, crush. But she didn't. Steph Morton, fellow Aussie, won the, um, won, won the sprint. Mm-hmm. Really good. I mean, Steph Morton. I did. I did enjoy seeing all of your um, all your tweets, basically just calling enemies a shark. So she does. She's like a great white shark. Sharks are beautiful, and she's beautiful, and she glides around the top of the track. Like she she likes riding from. She likes to ride from behind, so that the poor rider in front is basically looking over her shoulder at Anna, gliding gliding around the track looking so predatory and when she going to take me when you know like it's like being stalked by a it's like being stalked by a beautiful cheetah or a black panther or something you know you just know or a wolf pack or something you know that like they're just watching you and waiting i just feel like i just feel like somewhere on the internet there's this really really dodgy fanfic blog enemies fanfic blog that you've written (laughs) i just i just get that feeling i don't know why but yeah (laughs) Not me who's writing. 
Fifty Shades of Mears. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and the sequel. So and the Morton. sequel, A Mere 50, A Mere 50 Sprints of Mears. Yes. Yeah. Um. Other other moments I loved when Nettie Nettie Edmondson won the won the scratch and scratch racing with with fellow Aussie Amy Cura second and mm. when she was on the podium she was standing there with her eyes huge and just full of happy proud tears and oh you know she won it they won it they raced so clever and she won it and just just how she looked just made me well up you know just wow just what a moment and then this points race finished with laura trot and um eleanor barker finishing on exactly the same amount of points and they had to go back to account back so exciting and but i think my favorite thing was the paracycling well you do love you do genuinely love a bit of a bit of tandem uh sprinting oh, I so do love, yeah i mean they parents so so um Parasports have been brought into the Commonwealth Games. I think the first time was in 2002, um, and they have been gradually increasing which sports have have para have have para sports alongside them. And this year they agreed so they could have four medals in paracycling and no six yeah four medals in paracycling, and so four competitions in paracycling, twelve medals, yep. isn't it? Oh my God, and. They chose tandem sprinting because, and and I feel I do feel for the other, you know, for the other riders, you know, rider other other, riders. other disciplines, yeah, yeah, because you know it was great, but it was such an it was what I loved about it was at the opening ceremony when you see the athletes walk in cheering and waving, and you know in beautiful you know in beautiful clothes in the middle of the ceremony, you see the power you see the para athletes alongside and in the middle and part of the team, you know. So you can have an athlete, you know, you can have like someone coming in and throwing himself into backward somersaults and stuff to show off to the crowds, and next to him you've got a rider in a wheelchair, a rider on crutches. Actually, fuck it, we are all athletes. We are all the same. We're all the same team. We're all representing our country, and it's just. Just it's so oh I don't know I'm, I'm I'm tearing up it's just it's just amazing and I mean tandem sprinting is genuinely my favourite track discipline it's so good and so strong but to watch it at you know five thirty on BBC One yeah it just, well look look I I take your point but it, it still on a technical level does my head in because the chain rings on the the tandem bikes are different sizes. And so I, I mathematically cannot wrap my head around their legs being in the same relative position, but the, the being, it, it just, you know, I, I, yeah, I need to sit down and count teeth in chain rings before I can really get my head around tandem sprinting. Oh, tandems. It, it's, I mean, it's so, it's harder. It's so the bikes are heavier and obviously because they're longer, they're less maneuverable. And they say that, so Steph Morton started as a tandem pilot and they say that actually there's an advantage to starting out as a tandem pilot because you're used to like putting in and down an incredible amount of power just to get the heavier bike around the, around the track. So you've got a stoke, you've got a pilot on the front who's, who's a sighted pilot and then you've got the visually impaired stoker on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to be perfectly in sync. They have to trust each other incredibly. You know, when they throw the weight into the corners, or when they make the move, like flicking out the back wheel, or 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 shooting, you know, or diving under on the from the top of the banking. Oh, just, yeah, I mean the, the trust has to be incredible, and um, and you know there must be all sorts of really little like non-verbal cues that that 
you know, speak volumes for them, but but are probably not noticeable in the thick of the action to to the casual viewer. But but yeah, it, it. I mean, I imagine I imagine the start of that relationship is just you know hours and hours of just riding around and trying not to fall over, and just trusting each other. I mean, mm. and you have to like. I think you have to like each other too, or at oh, least. Really? Oh, well, you know that explains why I've not done para tandem sprinting with any of my colleagues. <laughs> oh God, Dan, uh, would I trust you to be my pilot? <laughs> well, I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't trust you. So, <laughs> but, it, but, it came down, but the other interesting thing is the competition. I mean, it was very. It was an interesting one because the tandem riders tend to be quite a lot older. So Felicity Felicity Johnson, who's the Aussie, um, she's the para Paralympic champion. Uh, Aussie, I think she's forty. She think she's she's. I think she might be forty or something like that. But they had Aileen McGlynn, and Aileen McGlynn is Scottish. Um, Scottish rider who's been a mainstay, a star of British Paralympics and you know and British and British parasite paracycling, and she got dropped by British Cycling last year. Okay. And she got dropped because she's forty, and they didn't think that you could be forty-two and get to Rio. Now, at the same time, you've got Kieran Modra from from Australia who who rode his you know he's forty-two I think, and you know rode his first. Olympic Games in 92 you know and it's like and so Aileen Aileen was riding on a tandem so she lost all her funding and she lost you know the ability to train in Manchester on the velodrome and she's and and she lost her team spot so this was very interesting she was riding on a tandem with uh with a um which was bought by Glasgow Museums Okay. Okay. And they, uh, they, sorry, they, it took me a second because at first I thought you said was built by Glasgow Museums, was, and I thought I thought they'd cobbled together a bike from old parts from from like the late eighteen hundreds, and um, yeah, wow. They they bought, they basically bought her because you know tandems are fucking expensive as well. They're very specialist, um, and so they bought her a bike so that they can and they're going to display it in the museum afterwards, and so that's how she's doing it, and her. Her partner is an, you know, very new. It's, so normally, normally Aileen rides with Helen Scott, um, but Helen is English, and so Helen was partnering. The, you know, was I mean, this is one of the things about your tandem partnerships as well is that your for British riders, all all the pairings were basically mixed up. What like as in as in someone else decided who was paired with who? You have to, yes, you have to, because, what? for example... But that's, no, that's no, bullshit. No, no, that's like breaking up Torval and Dean. No, you just don't no, do no, it. Listen, listen, it's because Sophie Thornhill, for example, is is English, and her normal partner, Rachel James, is Welsh. And Helen Scott is English, who is... What's English the point partner. in having a United Kingdom if you can't solve this sort of shit? Like, no, really? 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 Sorry. But also, but also, Aileen, Aileen won Par- Aileen won Paralympic gold with with Helen Scott as her pilot in the in 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 2012. But of course, Helen's a British cycling person, and Aileen's not. So even if they were racing, you couldn't, you know, even if they were, even if she was still, even if if they were in the same country, they wouldn't have been able to race together. So anyway, so the two the two finals of the two women's tandem, um, the, the, the two women's events came down between Sophie Thornhill and Helen Scott and Aileen McGlynn. And 
what I found fascinating, and, and Sophie won both, I mean, Sophie and Sophie and Helen won both of them. Sophie's only just 18. Apparently, she's been knocking on British Cycling's door since before she was young enough to, I want to ride for you, I want to ride for you. You know, like, like it's just, she's a real, real young, young, she's a real star to watch out for. And, and she won, they won both of those races. But, you know, for Alien, who's been dropped by British Cycling to beat riders who were supported by British Cycling was, I think, must have been very... um satisfying to her yeah yeah absolutely and um, yeah and- so so what else what else has been going on um in track then is there is there anything else that we need to cover from the commonwealth games uh well, for track or right. yeah, yeah. Yes. um no surprise um mountain bike's been in the in the commonwealth three times um each time the uh the gold's been in the women has been won by canada and um, this time it was obviously it was pretty much always going to be Canada because Catherine Pendrell is a former world champion and by far the highest you know caliber rider in the race and she basically attacked him in, mm. in the first quarter of the first lap and was never seen again. But super exciting battle for silver between another Canadian Emily Batty and Australian Beck Henderson. So yeah. really, um, with Batty coming second. But yeah, really, really interesting racing. And if people want to see more mountain biking, the next round of the Mountain Bike World Cup is this week at Monsantan in Canada. And yeah, I, I and then Wyndham, the USA round, is is just like just to think a week later. So if you liked the mountain biking, there's more to see. And you know, mountain bike, you know, on the track you can say, yeah, these are Olympic level events, but you know, in the mountain biking really it was it was um yeah, well, let's just say we're not the top country in the world. Although the way the young Kiwis are go- going, the in the future it could be the opposite. Yeah, Woo! no. Look, I I think there's a huge future for for the Kiwis in mountain biking. Um, again, they've just got the natural terrain for it, and um, yeah. and um, you know, mountain biking is very very popular there. Um, if you get the chance to go mountain biking in New Zealand, definitely do it. It's fantastic. Um, what what was what was the the deal in um, BMX? There was I saw a great video helmet cam, um, which I know you I, love. So I I haven't actually watched the BMX, so I'm not quite sure why Caroline Buchanan didn't win, but she wasn't even in the final. Maybe she wasn't racing. It was run by Mariana Pajon, French, right? No, not French. That's a lie. Run by Mariana Pajon, who's from somewhere in Central or South America, um, who's won the world champs again. And we'll put the video online. But yeah, like like Dan says, mm. tons of helmet cam because BMX, woo! They know well, what we my, my favorite part of that video is that she gets to the end of the race and, you know, they're going so fast that there's actually this huge runoff outside of the, because it's an indoor course. And so literally um, the, there's runoff past the finish line that goes outside somewhere to a fenced off area so they can bleed off speed and slow down. And some poor guy from the UCI with a radio in his hands running out after her going, come back, come back this way, and, and has to bring her back in to stand on um, you know, what looks pretty obviously like a hay bale covered in black plastic with a white X taped on it. That's the spot that you stand to wave to the crowd to acknowledge <laughs> that you are the champion. <laughs> and it's so awesome. <laughs> oh. oh, speaking of awesome videos... <laughs> Did you like the specialized Lululemon attack biscuits? Oh, uh, the 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 echelon biscuits you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I look, yeah, we we've talked about this. I mean, basically it seems that that for the last little while specialized have been releasing one new funny sort of video a week. 
Um, and this and it's from the team camps. They were all yeah. shot from the team camps. So that God knows what that team camp was like. Because it, seemed, <laughs> it looks insane. Um, but th this this um, this particular video, um, they've they've sat down and um, th there's four or five writers there, but primarily it's it's Carmen Small and Tiffany Cromwell. Um, they're sitting around a table in a coffee shop and they've got two large. I don't know, chocolate chip cookies, let's say, and broken them into quarters so that they've got eight pieces. And then they moved these pieces of cookie around on the table explaining how to ride properly in an echelon. Um, and talking about it, to be perfectly honest with you, I think that was the world's shittiest cookie echelon ever because, and, and I think it was all revealed by the end of the video where where they go, so that's how you ride echelons, can we eat them now? <laughs> I liked I liked the fact when they were saying which biscuit was Tiffany Cromwell because she won't ride in pace lines next to someone. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but and that segues nicely to the other interesting thing Specialized Lululemon are doing this week. Well, it, not just this week, but um, this has been this has been pretty interesting over the last couple of years. We've well, we've not just seen you know in, in our own little way. I like to think we helped pioneer the idea of of crowdfunding women's cycling initiatives with our our social media jersey efforts from a couple of years ago. But Specialized have just launched a, a campaign to give fans like yourselves like ourselves the opportunity to to buy in as um as members of the team and um and support them financially as they look to to raise their money for the coming year um yeah it, it's very interesting i like that they've done to me it looks like they've put a lot of time and effort and thought into the rewards and the things that they're offering they've got some really interesting prizes there yeah, and I mean, what I think is, I think it's, um, I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because they're not, um, it's, it's, it's like on the one, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it signals something really depressing, which is, you know, I can understand Lululemon, Lululemon, um, coming out of women's cycling because, you know, what would their, their see-through you know, see-through trousers and stuff like that. I mean, they're not necessarily a brand that's doing fantastically well at the moment, are they? But, well, they, but... they've had a they've had a tough um, operational year just just on the business side of things, like independent of the team, like Lululemon yeah. as a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. to lose Specialized as a sponsor is just. I mean, Specialized, to be fair, fund a huge range of women's cycling across, you know, mountain bike. Um, you know, they they have. They have teams, domestic level teams in Australia, the Netherlands, USA. You know, they 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 really cyclocross. You know, they 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 fund, they do a lot, and mm -hmm. and I, I I I yeah, I hope they're not gone. You know, I hope they're not gone for good. I hope it's a yeah. Look, honestly, part of me has to believe that there's there's some kind of. You know, like Christy Scrimgeour is an incredibly smart woman, and she's run this team in in a, various guises for quite a while now. Um, and I have a lot of confidence in her. Um, I, and what I was getting at, I think, you know, in terms of talking about the reward tiers, and sorry, I shouldn't have used the word prizes because they're not prizes, but they're very, very smart reward tiers because there, there's a couple of things that I think are, are really interesting. You know, there's there's all the standard stuff that like pretty much anyone could can afford to to buy in for say ten bucks, and you're just helping to support the team, and that's very nice. But then they've got things like, um, and it's a little more expensive, admittedly, but I think it's at two thousand uh, dollars a young rider 
can like an an up and coming young woman can um, apply to or, or can buy in at that reward tier to go on their training camp and to to be at that camp with the team, which I think is an amazing you know because realistically like at that price. I mean, yeah, it's it's nothing to sneer at, but you're going to a pro team training camp. Like, basically, that would cover your cost to be at the camp. As uh, you know, I, I can't believe the team's going to make any money out of that particular two thousand mm. dollars. But um, we'll talk about investment in the, the next generation of riders and giving kids a chance to to mix with their their heroes and learn from from current pros. That would be amazing. But not just kids. My favourite one is the sprint clinic with Ina Totenberg. Well, uh, look, I was I was covered. really excited by that until until I reread it a little more carefully, and it turned out it wasn't beer sprints. So, um, you know, it, 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 I, I get that a sprint clinic for for you know cycling sprinters is probably an awesome thing to do with Ina, but you know, I, I would I would much rather do beer sprints with her and two mates. So. I'd much rather go to the pub with her. Yeah. I wouldn't even be doing sprinting. <laughs> I'd just go to the pub with Ina. But, I mean, that's, you know, and again, is that that's another $2,000. Is that $2,000? No, I think, that, more... I think that one's 5000 But, you know, there's you that. Know, but... But, but it's not just Ina. They've got rides with, um, I think, Bernie Eisel and... Um, and someone else as well, like a, a couple of other other um, people. They've also got an intermediate. It might be about at the thousand dollar level where you can get like a ten minute Skype chat with one of the one of the riders yeah, from the team. Five dollars. Oh, is that only seventy five bucks? Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. But Dan, Dan, you can't start the chat. What are you wearing? It's a video chat, Sarah. I'd be able to see. That's just silly. <laughs> Um, other specialized so I, I mean I really the other thing that they're doing is it's not just about raising money but they're talking about building community and also telling stories and demonstrating the interest in women's cycling so I really recommend go on Indiegogo and look up Project X if you can afford to chuck in a couple of quid that would be amazing you know just to just just to you know just to help them out it's it's really interesting. I shall be watching with interest. Yeah, yeah, and and look, they've made good progress to to start with. I mean, obviously, these campaigns take time, and um, and building momentum is is and maintaining momentum is half the challenge. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. But also, um, you know, do think carefully about what sort of a contribution you might be able to make. Because part of what I was getting at about Christy being such a good operator is I would, I would almost certainly expect that she has potential sponsors and, and partners lined up who, who are paying attention to this as well. And, um, and so if you're able to contribute, um, you may also be able to help firm up a commitment from a, a traditional sponsor as well. So yeah, double, double bang for your buck sort of thing. Um, two more things I saw this week. Uh, really interesting profile with Carmen Small. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Carmen is having a less intensive racing year because she's um, she and her husband have kind of taken into their family um, her sister's daughters. Yeah. Um, her sister struggled with addiction problems. And this profile is so interesting. What I didn't realize was that her mother had also struggled with addiction and Carmen had grown up with her mother having problems with al- you know, alcohol, serious alcohol problems. And, and it's just... It's just, it's just breathtaking, really. And then there's also a profile of Taylor Wiles in Elle magazine, which is, you know, cycling. In yeah, a, in I a- did actually see that. That was kind of amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, um, two two other things that I have to mention, which um, a, a little bit, little bit 
like for me, just a little bit left field. Um, but we have a, a publication here um, called the Australian Financial Review, which is basically like our version of the Wall Street Journal, like it's the finance mm. newspaper. So it's normally all, you know, stocks, kill the poor people, you know, avoid your tax in five easy steps, all that sort of shit that rich people read. Um, but in the last two weeks, um, there have been a couple of interesting cycling stories. The first was the a recap of the Commonwealth Games, which actually featured um, a photo of Nettie Edmondson winning the, uh, the scratch race, as we were talking about earlier. But the one that I particularly wanted to mention was last Friday when a uh, dear friend of the podcast and um, an all-round wonderful person, Tegan Cox, who is the you know the other half of Tegan and Kelvin? When we talk about Tegan and Kelvin, she's the Tegan half. Um, hence, hence her name, Tegan Cox, on Twitter. Uh, was interviewed by the Australian Financial Review about uh, her cycling, and uh, oh, it was a really cool good. interview. So yeah, yeah. So um, she's famous, and yeah, that's that's kind so, of. So and, and Dan, Dan, just just say where did you watch Lacourse? Because originally Dan and I were going to watch Lacourse together on Skype, chatting to each other, and generally screaming at the laptops but where did you watch the course that's true there was a there was a small gathering of um of sydney women's cycling fans at the uh york lane bar and cafe it was surprisingly enough located in york lane um and uh and dita who is the proprietor there actually opened the place up especially so that we could uh could be there and, and combine several of my favorite things which is yelling at tvs being a smart ass on twitter watching women's cycling and drinking it was great and people. What? What about them? You didn't. You hang out with some people. Oh, there were people there, but you know, look, there were there were a couple of really good ones who kept bringing me drinks. So. Anyway. <laughs> I can taste the disappointment. It's. Um, other things, I, I liked Gracie Elvin's Ride Through the Alps, that was a cool video. Um, I also liked Catherine Bettine's video, um, I thought it was quite charming of her... The, her one day one? Yeah, her, 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 how I lost my marriage, my house, my cats, my everything. <laughs> well, it doesn't sound charming when you say it like that, but... <laughs> no, no, I know, it was quite, it was, no, but she did, I thought she did it very charmingly. I thought, I thought the video was, I thought, I thought it was... You know, when she, she wasn't speak, you know, she was, she was, she was, I don't know, miming, I guess. Yeah, she was... well, she, the, the way she did it was that she had written um, notes, like, like it was basically done over um, a recording of, of um, Heroes um, and the, the song Heroes and her standing in front of the camera and acting out um, the story that, that she superimposed graphically over the, the video image. But talking about, what the um, the achievement of Lacourse meant to her personally, particularly in terms of being able to line up for the start as a, a rider for Wiggle Honda, um, but also part of what she's gone through personally over the last year or so in terms of um, finishing half the road and you know advocating to to get Lacourse up and and turned into an event and um and as sarah says you know that included some significant personal losses and so it's been a real up and down and tough year for her but her overall message was one of of you know um hope hope and um and doing the things that you really believe in because they're what give you meaning even through those really tough down times so yeah cool 
Um, what are, what do we got coming up race wise? Well, we've got tomorrow. We've got the um, Commonwealth Games ITT on Thursday, and that's in, that's going to be great. I hope Emma Pooley wins. Um, obviously, I hope Emma Pooley wins. But, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah. Be, um, well, it's going to be awkward, isn't it? After after you know the the coming weekend, because I'm not going to be able to just say, yeah, you just want Emma Pooley to win everything, because. Well, no, I suppose that that will still be true. It'll just be less likely. Yeah, she is racing triathlon. What's that? I don't know. I think they apparently. I think it's like cyclocross. What they throw your bike in in a lake or something? Yeah, something. Like that. Right. Um, I, one of the riders who's not going to be there is Wendy Hoovenagel. Um, one of the, the thing about Emma retiring, right? And I didn't is that there's something about the 2008 generation of women riders who went to the 2008 Olympics and how they're, they're not, you know, they're not happy, really. You know, Emma's retiring and, 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 you know, she's wanting to go out on a high, but one of the reasons she is retiring is because where does a rider who's mount, who loves mountains and racing time trials, where does she get to race? You know, it's just there aren't races with mountains in them and there aren't races with time trials in them. Yeah. You know, Ellen Van Dyke will get to ride, you know, I think she's maybe won her skin suit twice. Yeah, and what yeah. was at national championships, her world championship skin suit, maybe three times. And but anyway, Wendy Hoovenagel was famously dropped from the two. Was famously was taken to the London Olympics, but wasn't allowed to ride. wasn't wasn't able to race in the team pursuit. And even though she'd raced in all the um, qualifying events, all the way up to it, and she retired through injury, and she's very unhappy. And I feel for her. And, um, you know, and, and they're asking Vicky Pendleton, who's obviously a sprint star, you know, and, and she was saying, yeah, cycling is very hard for a woman. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 you know, it's very hard for women. And it's hard. And they're especially, you know, you, you have to be you have to basically sublimate your your, your femininity. You know, you not, 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 not about wearing pretty clothes and makeup, but, you know, you have to kind of. There are things that about being socialised as a woman, and and that that you just that makes it harder than it is for than than than, than sport is for men, you know. And also when all the people at the top are men, and oh well, you're just being emotional. That's just because you're a woman, and just dismissing you because you know because your your feelings are invalid because you're a woman. Which, you know what I mean? Which which is just like the the epitome of entitled obliviousness of of yeah, um, um, mm. yeah. But but um and and Nicole Cook's Nicole Cook's book comes out maybe t- maybe tomorrow. <gasps> uh, <gasps> I still think Nicole Cook's books should be a TV show. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got I've just, oh I've... oh it could be a dodgy accounting reality TV show Nicole Cook's books. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Cook's books. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of things people can buy, Daniel... They can buy your love. No? You can't buy my love. Money oh. can't buy, buy oh, you okay. love. Okay. Well, yeah. But they can try. Um, <laughs> what, what can people buy, Daniel? Oh, who knows? All sorts of stuff. The internet's all f- full of weird things. Including... Um, so, look, many of you have um, have followed our, our humble little podcast and our humble little website. Sarah, what's it called again? ProWomenCycling.com. For a little while now. Um, and you'll know that basically we're uh, an entirely self-funded um, amateur kind of outfit in that we do this because we love it. We do it because we enjoy it. 
Uh, we do it because we have fun, and we do it because, well, to be perfectly honest, so far you haven't told us to shut up, and you keep listening. So, um, but we've we've sort of decided this year that um, it was time for us to to try and. Uh, see if we could expand a little bit on uh, on what we have been doing and see if we can build our way into something a little more complete, a little more full. And one of the first steps that we want to take in that direction um, is to, or, or partly, I don't know, I feel kind of awkward trying to explain this, but, but the short version is basically I want to help pay Sarah to be able to spend time doing what she does about women's cycling for us. Um, as I'm sure you all know, across her Twitter and her Tumblr and our site and uh, Podium Cafe and Roller and various other publications where she writes and interviews and talks about races and writers and with them and all of that sort of thing, she provides one of the most reliable and comprehensive sources of information about women's cycling. But she's been doing this for love for, for quite a long time now. And I she's... did get paid by Rula. I, I have to stress that. Rula yes. didn't do that for free. Yes, yes, true. But but the point is, um, so what we've done is we actually commissioned a designer friend of mine to help us make a bunch of um, designed things that we have put up on a site called Redbubble. Um, we'll put a link to it um, all on, on our site for you so you can find it. Um, but there's all sorts of stuff like postcards, T-shirts, um, hell, I iPhone covers, iPad covers, tote bags, cushions. You can buy a cushion with with stuff. And it's a selection of things. So it's not just, you know, it's not just a big picture of Sarah giving you the double thumbs up. There's Although definitely, that, would is, be, that would be an amazing cushion. No, no I, I, Dan didn't really explain it to me like that. He, it's not about me. <laughs> it's about let's make some fun merchandise and sell it. <laughs> well, yes, but I want people to know why because I want them. It's important to me that they know where what 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 the point of it is, and and so basically, um, you know, when when you look at and consider purchasing a, um, some stickers to stick all over your your boss's car because you hate him or whatever, um, just just bear in mind that the the profits from that will actually be going to to help Sarah. Um, cover cycling in whatever form we're, we're able to do. That might mean being able to go to a race or two. It might mean, you know, not having to. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Optional extras like food or paying the electricity internet. bill. Or... Paying for paying for my internet. No. Anyway, no. Just you tell them. Tell them about the things. I'm so excited. Tell them so, everything. So we, we we have a collection of things. Um, and what we've got what we've got is um, we've started off with a sample of five different designs that you can select on on various products. Um, and one of them is um, a little bit generic, and um, then. Two each of the others are related to each one of us um, in in certain ways. So, for example, we have one that says prowomencycling.com um, because you know Sarah does enjoy saying that, don't you, Sarah? I do enjoy saying prowomencycling.com. And <laughs> um, um, what does what does what does the next what does the Dan one say, Dan? Well, one one of my ones uh, is just this nice picture of a bike with um, solid wheels, so presumably a time trial bike or God help me, a track bike uh, that says, "What do you mean, men race bikes too?" Which is something that we say quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it shocked me the first time I found out. And um, and there is a card just in case you're wanting to know who Sarah's favourite rider is. There is a card for that. It says. It says I love them all. <laughs> Yes, yes, you do. Um, 
There, there is one that that also expresses my love, uh, which says, "I need more whiskey." I, you do? I actually need I... more whiskey. Yeah. You do always need more whiskey. And what's what else? And and then there is there is one more design, which is actually my personal favourite, because um, this design includes uh, a little Godzilla-like figure crushing a city, which may or may not be Tokyo, um, and in flames. And then the smoke rising out of the flames says, "Stompity, stompity, stomp." So that's that's my personal favorite. If um, you have any suggestions, I mean, we we I mean, Redbubble's great. Basically, you pay they they only print on demand. It's a print on demand service. So you know, um, if so, so it's not like we've had to got a big box of stomp 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 postcards we're trying to get rid of. But if you have any ideas of other catchphrases or objects that we should yeah. make. Things, then, things that you'd like that um, that are related to us, then then by all means let us know. And um, and like I said, do do have a look because there is genuinely stuff there that that's priced at all sorts of different different I, levels. I, I have so. to tell you that the, the only thing I will I will veto if if anyone wants the Dan Wright Tom of Finland esque calendar that I don't think I don't think I what? could I think I could in all conscience accept that. I don't even understand what that is. You just have to Google Tom of Finland afterwards. It's not safe not, for work. I am not going to. I don't trust you. And I think I'm right to not trust you. God, I need more whiskey. <laughs> um, so anyway, after we've stompity stompity stomped all over your wallet, um, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for hanging out with us. And uh, we will be back in the, the not-too-distant future, by yes. which I mean next week. And we'll be talking about the ITT, Commonwealth ITT on Thursday, Commonwealth Road Race on Sunday, and also the Sparkassen Giro, um, a work which has been a race that's been around for ages, but is now a World Cup for the first time. Um, in Germany, hilly, tough sprinters have usually won it in the past, generally in the rain. I'm smiling ecstatically. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. It, it was almost like trying to pick your favourite rider. It was just very hard to hard to know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Thanks. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us and um, and, and enjoying all of uh, all of our rantiness. And um, we will talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Bye.